Swamp Child Liz Cheney, the Congresswoman from Wyoming. From the swamp, works for the swamp, loved by the swamp. Especially now, because Liz Cheney, well, she lost her leadership position uh, among Republicans. She was number three. She lost that. Uh, looks like she wanted to lose that because she has been, well, stunningly disloyal to Donald Trump. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, we have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Uh, and I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. Well, now, generally speaking, uh, the fake news doesn't care all that much who the number three leader is in the House of Representatives on the minority side, but they really made a big deal out of this. And what she just said is music to their ears. What Kinzinger and Cheney are doing is much more courageous. I mean, what struck me about Liz Cheney is the, her spine. Liz Cheney has chosen to be a patriot. Liz Cheney did the right thing. She, she, she voted her conscience. I think a lot of Liz Cheney. I think she's uh, she's been bold and truthful into her truth. She's doing exactly the right thing, and I admire her greatly. Actually, I think it's deeply personal for Liz Cheney. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, would the swamp spend this much time on a Republican congressman from Wyoming under ordinary circumstances? Uh, Wyoming, by the way, uh, not really. I've been to Wyoming probably more than Liz Cheney has. She is a product of the swamp. Uh, grew up there, bred there, the swamp through and through. Actually graduated from McLean High School, a suburb of Washington, D.C., a very wealthy suburb. Uh, she was on the McLean High School cheerleading squad, all right? Her home is the swamp, and her dad, of course, is the former vice president, Dick Cheney. Talk about swamp royalty. Yeah, he fell out of favor there for a little while, but through and through, this guy is swamp. Let's go way back to the late 60s, 1970s. He was uh, in the Nixon White House, in the Ford White House. He had a job with Donald Rumsfeld, later became secretary of defense himself. He was in Congress, vice president, and a major architect of the war in Iraq. Actually, both wars. It's pretty wild, huh? And this is where I think it gets personal. Now, everybody seems to have forgotten, nobody talks about it, but the Iraq war was a huge, huge disaster, a total catastrophe. There were no weapons of mass destruction there. I was there myself. I couldn't believe it. I mean, back here at home, nobody seemed to really give a damn, and this country re-elected Bush and Cheney in 2004. But you know who had the boldness to call it all out? You know who. Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? It was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We so, can make mistakes, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. Damn right. And in that room, by the way, they all turned on him. It was full of traditional Republicans. But it was music to our ears across the country. We know that he was right. George W. Bush, and to probably a larger extent, Dick Cheney, responsible for that war. 
Remember? Again, how many years we were, were we there? What did we get out of it? No weapons of mass destruction. Sure, Saddam Hussein was eliminated, but we destabilized the region. I mean, chaos, ISIS, it all came as a result of this ridiculous invasion. And yeah, it's a little bit personal for me. I was there for the invasion itself, and then I went back, spent overall about a year in that country, and I didn't like it, and I had a few close calls myself. And I was really astounded how not too many people in this country uh, were making a big deal out of it when they found no weapons of mass destruction. All right, and something else. George W. Bush and his partner, Dick Cheney, they were so irresponsible in how they managed that war. Here's a prime example. There are some who feel like that uh, if they attack us, that we may decide to leave prematurely. They don't understand what they're talking about if that's the case. Let me finish. Um, there are some who uh, feel like that, you know, the conditions are such that they can attack us there. My answer is bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on. That was two months after we declared uh, major combat operations over, and we had years of horrible fighting left in front of us. Bring it on. What a stupid thing to say. Isn't that right, Madam Cheney? The Trump political team is actively looking to coalesce around a primary challenger to you. What is your message to them? You know, uh, bring it on. It didn't work when George W. Bush said it. I don't think it's going to work right there. All right. I'll come back to her in a moment. Meanwhile, you heard about the big lie, the big lie about the fairness of the November election. Here's a big lie, a really big lie that they say all the time, uh, that what happened on January 6th was an insurrection. It will always be known January 6th as the Trump insurrection. Clearly, this was a yeah. deadly insurrection. Clearly, they were attempting to overthrow our government. This is an insurrection. There is a presidential-inspired insurrection. Plain and simple, an insurrection. An, an insurrection clearly happened. We all watched it. Mr. Trump is charged with inciting the deadly January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. <sighs> it was a riot that got out of hand. It wasn't an insurrection, and here's proof, because this country has laws against insurrections. We really do. It's part of the federal code. And they're charging everybody, left and right, with obstruction of federal proceedings, this, that, the other thing. Here's the law against insurrection. And if you look at everybody, and they've arrested hundreds of people, many of them are still in custody. No one's been charged with insurrection. And by the way, no one was armed. Isn't that interesting? I think so. But they're trying to delegitimize anybody who has any kind of concern about November, about the constitutionality of America. That's okay. Jim Jordan was brilliant today as they, the Democrats ran this, but Jim Jordan made some great points about January 6th and what we were entitled to on that day. And does the Constitution allow members to object to the Electoral College results on January 6th after a presidential election? My understanding is that it does. It does, right. Is it okay for Jim McGovern, a Democrat a member of Congress, to object to Alabama on January 6, 2017? Is that all right? He's allowed to do that, I, right? I think, I think if members are adhering to their constitutional rights and roles and responsibilities, you know, that's, again, a question for all, all the folks in Congress. 
When you hear a big lie, think of this conversation, think of the Insurrection Act, think of the lies that they are telling routinely. Jim Jordan, thank you for that. All right, so what's this all about? What is Liz Cheney? What's really driving her? I think it's a personal animus to our president, Donald Trump. I do. She came from the swamp. She's from the swamp. Uh, she works for the swamp. Deep state. Look at her father, the architect of the Iraq war. So Donald Trump comes to town on January 20th of 2017 and says this. How do you think the swamp reacted? For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now. Do you think Liz and Dick Cheney, who were at that ceremony, do you think they looked at each other and exchanged an awkward glance? Boy, oh boy, Donald Trump, he's got us there. Listen to what Donald Trump just said or said back uh, on Inauguration Day. I think this statement suddenly has, um, I think we understand it. I think we understand a bit more where she's coming from. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. <laughs> now, I think we understand perfectly where she is coming from. Black lives do matter, not in the way that the Black Lives Matter organization says so. Seems to only matter when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, everybody matters, including 18-year-old China Forney. She was shot in the back outside of her home in Albany, New York on May 3rd. It happened at 3 in the afternoon. Someone drove by and fired multiple shots, and police found Forney laying in the street. She died at the hospital. Now, hundreds in the community gathered at a vigil, a beautiful vigil in her honor. She was in her senior year at Albany Leadership Charter School, a beloved member of her dance team. She had just applied to college and was enrolling in a nursing program. The local church is offering $10,000 for information leading to her arrest. 18-year-old China Forney shot in the back at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in a major American city. We'll be right back. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I, All can, I can say is that, that the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, do they? They don't. 
They've been so dishonest in so many ways. Um, I want to take you back to January. I'm sorry, June of 2020. Uh, there was a big protest. Black Lives Matter, the whole country was seeing it, and there was one right in front of the White House. And what did they do? Well, they brought in some National Guard troops to uh, clear them out. It was getting out of hand. They were lighting the church on fire, and National Guard troops were brought in. That provoked all kinds of outrage. How dare you use the military for such an operation? All right, fast forward to January of this year, January 6th. Things got out of hand on the Capitol, and there was all kind of outrage. Where was the military? Should have been sent in right away. Consider this, and I was reminded of this today. Ten former secretaries of defense sent a letter, uh, published an op-ed in the Washington Post, that said that you've got to stay out of politics, warning the Pentagon to refrain from any political actions that undermine the results of the election or hinder the success of the new team. This was even more than this. This was a clear warning. Stay out of it. No troops close to the Pentagon. And they were serious. And look who signed the letter. Again, all 10 living secretaries of defense, including Dick Cheney. A letter like that, well, there's also some between the lines messaging as well. Don't mess with this. All right. And it had, I think, a chilling effect uh, at the Pentagon. The former acting secretary of defense said so today when he was asked about, hey, why weren't there troops? Why weren't troops brought in earlier? I was also very cognizant of the fears and concerns about the prior use of the military in June 2020 response to the protests near the White House. And just before the Electoral College, college certification, 10 former secretaries of defense signed an op-ed published in the Washington Post warning of the dangers of politicizing and inappropriately using the military. That would make him even more reluctant to uh, provide security if he had to. He did the right thing. He followed all the procedures. But the swamp, the swamp was sending a signal. They really were. By the way, I always heard that when Joe Biden got there, everything would be back to normal. That Donald Trump was the name caller. This guy, a great servant. This is what he had to put up with today. For your written testimony for today, for today, this morning. You stated the following about the president's quote. I personally believe his comments encouraged the protesters that day. That's that was this morning. Statement. So so this is a this is a there's this a, a very recent reversal of your of your testimony. Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous, huh? Everything would get back to normal. As long as we can get Trump out of there. All right. Speaking of uh, things not being back to normal, throwing around crazy terms like uh, Senator Ron Johnson is a Russian spy or a Russian asset. Lots of smart people are saying that. A eh, Brian Williams? I am concerned now about them trying to push it onto children who, let's face it, they aren't in a position of informed consent. Uh, we do need to recognize right. that this is not a fully approved vaccine. Um, so, doctor, I know uh, really smart, uh, educated, substantial people who believe him to be a witting or unwitting asset of Russia who would sound a lot like that in American society. Who are these smart, educated people who would say that he was a witting or unwitting Russian asset? 
Huh? A United States senator expressing some reservations about children getting the vaccine? That's okay. Don't brand him a communist. Brian Williams knows better. He's read a few books about history. Uh, Joseph McCarthy, he was the guy who was going around pointing and accusing everybody of being a communist. That did not end well for anybody. The average American can do very little insofar as digging communist espionage agents out of our government is concerned. They, they, they must depend upon those of us whom they send down here uh, to man the watchtowers of the nation. Weird guy. And so is Brian Williams, actually, for saying something like that. Again, that guy should know a little bit better. I'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Hasbi Allah wa ni'ma al wakil. Hasbi Allah wa ni'ma al wakil. Look at this. It's getting really bad over there. Israel remains under siege. The terrorist organization Hamas continues to fire rockets into Israel. Israel has retaliated. They've been under siege for most of its history, and so many won't even recognize its right to exist. We are privileged once again to have Danny Danan with us. He is the former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations. He joins us from Tel Aviv. And, sir, I understand that you, uh, you're in a shelter right now. You're, you, you're potentially under fire at this moment. Uh, welcome, and how's it going over there? But I had to, to enter the shelter with my family as we speak. There are rockets flying into the center of Tel Aviv, uh, and uh, millions of Israelis in the middle of the night uh, are actually are now in shelters because we are under fire, under attack. Uh, but as you mentioned, we will retaliate. We are retaliating, and we will not uh, allow Hamas to terrorize our lives. What do you think of the American response so far? I understand... Uh... Uh, Joe Biden has been noncommittal and something about uh, sending an envoy. What do you think of the American response so far? I was very disappointed uh, to hear the response coming from the new administration, calling both sides to show restraint and to de-escalate the situation. You cannot speak about both sides. You have a terrorist organization, a radical Islamic movement, and you have a sovereign democracy, the strongest ally of the U.S., so I don't accept that the language. I think everybody in the U.S. should know that Hamas is a dangerous organization. Actually, this organization was the only one which celebrated the attack in 9-11. They issued a statement supporting al-Qaeda. So you cannot call both sides. You cannot put it in the same equation. We expect our friends and allies to stand with us when we are defending our people. Well, personally, my heart is with you. Uh, I wish the government were a bit more on board, maybe a lot more on board. We know that President Trump was uh, so firmly committed. You never had a better friend and an American president than Donald Trump. This is uh, our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, today. The United States remains committed to a two-state solution. This violence takes us further away uh, from that goal. We fully support Israel's legitimate right to defend itself. We've condemned, and I condemn again, 
the rocket attacks in the strongest possible terms. Strongest possible terms, um, but a lot of people are not buying that. As you know, uh, the far left has a great big spot in this administration. Uh, I know that, and uh, I heard the remarks coming from uh, Congresswoman uh, Omar and Cortez, uh, and I think uh, they should know better. They should know better what's happening uh, on the ground. Uh, they should come and see the evil of Hamas. Uh, only a few hours ago, a uh, five-year-old uh, was killed. He actually was in shelter in his apartment, but uh, unfortunately the rocket uh, penetrated the shelter, uh, and he died a few hours ago. We are under fire. We will prevail. We will overcome. And I can tell you one thing. The Hamas will pay a heavy price. We will hunt them down in their homes, in their offices, in the tunnels where they are hiding, until they will beg us for a ceasefire. Here in the America, as you know, there are, you have a lot of support, but you have uh, vocal uh, supporters of uh, the terrorist organization, Hamas. And let's take a look at some of the videos, some clashes actually here in New York. Uh, these are, well, nothing, yeah, it got, uh, it got kind of interesting for a time. Um, how confident are you going forward that America will be there for you? Uh, Joe Biden, I heard him say uh, that world leaders say, oh, welcome back. Uh, you're back now. The Amer America's back now, but for how long? How do you feel right now about uh, your ally uh, in us? So let's make it clear. We are a strong nation. We have a strong army. We never asked the U.S. to come and support us or to send troops on the ground. But I think it's a moral decision of the new administration where they stand today, whether they stand with the Israel or they're actually playing the game like the U.N. or the EU, where they try to play politically correct. This is unacceptable. And I know that most of the American people support Israel and know that we are fighting evil. The same evil that is threatening the U.S. is fighting with Israel today. Good luck, sir. I hope it's probably going to be a long night. Um, and my heart breaks for what you're going through right now. Uh, please come back. And you've been through this before, though, haven't you? Yeah, unfortunately, we have. But, you know, when you have kids and you have to drag them in the middle of the night to the shelter, it's not pleasant for any father in the world. I can only imagine, and I'm so sorry. Ambassador Danan, we appreciate it. Please be safe. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, and we'll be right back. Four years ago, Andrew Cuomo pretended to be the reformer to come in, the white knight that was going to clean up the corruption in Albany. He called it an embarrassment, and he was right. Unfortunately, right now, he is swimming in the cesspool of corruption. So much so that we have a state where only in New York can the anti-corruption commission have already been corrupted. <laughs> Republican Rob Astorino, a little bit ahead of his time, uh, but the state of New York has caught up to him. Uh, we all seem to understand Andrew Cuomo now. Rob Astorino, former county executive of Westchester, is running again for governor against Andrew Cuomo. Maybe. We don't know if he's going to survive. Uh, Rob, welcome back. Uh, how are you? I'm good, Greg, and that uh, cesspool is deeper and smellier. So, look, you tried once in 2014. You ran a great race, uh, but you, the incumbent this time looks really, really vulnerable. Uh, what's your plan? 
we did run a, a good race and we did come close in 2014, the closest of Andrew Cuomo's seven statewide races. And the polls had us down 35. We lost by 13. And this time we're going to get across the finish line because what I was talking about in 2014 has all come true. And maybe we were a little ahead of our time on the corruption and pointing it out. Uh, Andrew Cuomo now, there's no doubt that he is not only corrupt, but he's incompetent. We saw what happened during the COVID with 15,000 seniors being put to their death because of an executive order of his, putting them in nursing homes when they weren't equipped to handle that, and then covering it up. So he's under federal investigation. He's also investigation uh, an investigation by the legislature for a possible impeachment uh, because of so many different things. Uh, including sexual harassment by at least 10 women, many of whom work for him. So, you know, it's, it's not only his personal foibles, it's his incompetence of how he's run New York. We are now, uh, you know, leading this, the states in exits. People are running for the exits to go down to Florida where Governor DeSantis has done a great job. I was just on the phone with Governor Gianforte, my friend at Minas uh, Montana, who just was elected, and in five months, he's done an amazing job. Republicans are leading the way, and there's no reason why in New York we have to put up with this nonsense. I mean, this wokeness, this cancel culture, these rioting and looting, the fact now that the radical left controls Albany, criminals are treated as victims, victims are treated as criminals, and we see the result. I mean, crime is going berserk. I mean, literally in Times Square, we're having people shot. So, you know, New York City is in a death spiral. New York State is in a death spiral. And we don't need to put up with this nonsense anymore. So, you know, I hope people join my campaign. They go to robastorino.com or follow me on Twitter or Facebook. Donate a few bucks. We're going to beat Andrew Cuomo. We're going to take it to the streets. And, you know, I speak Spanish, Greg, and I'm going into every neighborhood where Republicans, for whatever stupid reason, don't go because we need to have a big party. We need to have a big 10 and let people in it because our policies are a hundred times better than that of the Democrats who are doubling down on just miserable, failed, high tax policies that are just crushing the middle class. So I'm ready to take it to them. I can't wait. Where'd you learn how to speak Spanish? Uh, in Colegio y Universidad in Fordham and at uh, my high school. And also I studied uh, in Barcelona, Spain. All right, very good. Universidad, I understood that part. In the part. streets of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, who, it's wild, uh, a year ago he was a superstar, and now yeah. it's different, uh, says he won't resign. I'm not going to resign. Uh, I work for the people of the state of New York. They elected me. Well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, he, I think, quite frankly, it might be in your interest if he sticks around. Uh, what do you think about that? Have you gamed that out? I'll throw a little Italian out there. He's a testadora. He's a thickhead. And so what that means is, you know, he's so narcissistic that he probably will stay. And it doesn't matter that he's being investigated by the federal government, by the Justice Department. It doesn't matter in his mind that he has 10 uh, allegations of sexual harassment when he condemned others like Brett Kavanaugh and said that they had to resign and all women needed to be believed right off the bat and accusations means you're guilty. Now, all of a sudden, it doesn't it doesn't mean that to him. So I think his his failed record above all, uh, as well as the investigations, he may not have the choice whether or not he's going to be able to stick around because he may be impeached or he may be indicted. But I'll tell you, the fail safe is going to be the people of New York. They're going to boot him, and I'm going to be the one that does it 
next November. You know, one thing I could not figure out, we had that great, big, beautiful uh, comfort ship from the U.S. Yes. Navy, a hospital ship, President Big Beautiful uh, Comfort Ship from the U.S. Yes. Navy, a hospital ship. President Trump sent it up here, and it went unutilized. It was so weird, so strange. Uh, there is Donald Trump sending it off uh, down in Virginia, I think, and then ultimately it came to New York, and it was a nice ship and obviously could have done a lot of good, but I don't know, because uh, Trump uh, fingerprints are on it. Uh, Cuomo yeah. really didn't want the thing. So terrible. All right, Rob, um, we'll have you back very soon. Anytime you want, uh, we're rooting for you and uh, to be continued. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And we're going to beat this guy. All right. Rob Astorino. Check out robastorino.com. Thank you, sir. Meanwhile, we got Grant Stinchfield standing by for a preview of uh, the Grant Stinchfield show. Hello, Grant. Hey, Greg. You know, we face so many threats. You talk about Cuomo there and then we go overseas. We're doing a series this week, China rising, China clearly a threat. We talk about their military expansion. Greg, they're expanding into space with unbelievable technology that can take out satellite communications um, and all kinds of other weapons from the new frontier. We're going to talk about that on the program tonight. China in outer space. You know what? We went to the moon 50 years ago, though. China will never That's take right. that from us. Although they could get there pretty quick. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's already there. So, uh, you know, they have that. Right. <laughs> Grant Stinchfield, have a great show. Many thanks, and we'll be right back. Gas lines in America. Gas lines in America. Outside of a hurricane, I've never seen gas lines in America. Maybe in the 1970s. Do you remember that? The energy crisis? All right, we have the situation with the pipeline, uh, but what else is going on here? This is affecting some friends of mine, including Diamond and Silk, President Trump's favorite, of course. And uh, Diamond and Silk join us once again. You can see him every Saturday right here on Newsmax, uh, their show, Diamond and Silk, crystal clear at 8.30 p.m. Diamond, Silk, so good to see you guys again. How are you? Oh, we're wow. wonderful. I hope you're doing well. Pretty good, pretty good. Sorry about the fuel situation. Uh, what has it meant for you so far? Well, well, first of all, you can bl you can blame this on Biden's America. Mm -hmm. This is what Jim Crow Joe Biden's America looked like. You know, I find it ironic that on Monday people got up to go to work on the East Coast. We had gas, and by the time they got off get off work, yeah. now all of a sudden these pumps are running out of gas. Yeah. Now this company that's uh, that owns this particular pipeline is saying they proactively cut off the gas because it was hacked. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you proactively turn it back on so people? <laughs> can get gas so they can go to work That's because right. this affects everything that we do from the rich to the poor i don't care if you get welfare it ain't gonna do you no good to get food stamps if you walk into a store yes. and you can't purchase food because the trucks can't get to them because the trucks don't have no gas That's right. so this affects everybody and people want to say this is inflation no this is straight thievery because what you all are trying to do is rob the american people that's right all right. And by the way, did I mention you're in Fayetteville, North Carolina? That's like the epicenter. That's ground zero for this fuel situation. Now, it looks like the Russians may have had something to do with this as well, with uh, the hacking and the cyber, whatever. Uh, how do we feel about Russia these days? 
Well, see, you want they want to blame everything on Russia. Russia, 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 Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, what about China, China, China? Uh-huh. What have they been doing? That's right. Because we've been hearing a lot about China. First, when it comes to this pandemic, why isn't anybody holding them accountable? That's right. So what did they have to do with this here? Stop blaming everything on Russia and get to the bottom of it. Or uh-huh. isn't it is it these deep state snakes? Oh. The global elitists uh-huh. that's running things around here and running this country and to the ground. That's right. And let's not forget that under President Donald J. Trump, we didn't run out of gas. We was actually oil independent. Now, since Jim Crow Joe have come in and at a stroke of a pen, we're now oil dependent on foreign entities. So let's take a look at here. Good versus bad. President Trump versus resident Biden. Jim Crow Joe <laughs> has a ring to it, and it also has a lot of truth to it. Uh, all right, listen, I don't know if you saw Michelle Obama on uh, The Morning Show. She's uh, promoting her latest puppet show on Netflix. You know, she's got millions of dollars. They get paid so much money. Uh, I saw her on CBS, and I was really taken aback by some of her comments, and I wanted to play you a clip, and we'll talk about it, okay? Here we go. I want to be as excited as every parent. I don't want to have to worry about her entering a world where she has to worry about how people would treat her because of the color of her skin. So I I am excited, but I'd like to be more excited (laughs) to know that as she goes out and gets her first apartment and rides the subway somewhere, that they don't make assumptions about her based on the color of her skin, that she's not at risk out there in the world as an adult because she's a black woman. So, you know, I, she's talking about Malia there, who's getting out of college. You know, she's probably coming to New York. She's talking about the subway. And I'm telling you, white supremacy is not a thing in New York. I don't think it's a thing anywhere. White supremacy is stupid and foolish and very, very, very rare. Although Michelle in the far left would have us think otherwise. What do you think of some of the stuff that Michelle has been saying and the overall attitude about critical race theory and, you know, where we are right now as a country? Well, I think uh, former president, uh, former uh, first lady, with her being an influencer, I think it's dangerous some of the things that she say. Now, her daughter probably hang around white people. Does that make them white supremacy? Mm-hmm. Why would they judge her daughter? These people are very rich, filthy rich. Yes. They walked in with no change and they made out with a lot of change. That's so right. please don't tell me you fear for your daughter. Let me tell you who I fear for. Yeah. I fear for the people in the inner cities who, where they want to defund the police uh-huh. and they may get in the head by somebody that looked like them and there's no police officers to protect them. That's so right. I think what Michelle Obama is saying is very dangerous. She is an elitist. She is rich. Her daughters is rich. She pretty much don't have anything to worry about. And on top of that, it's white people that sits and makes sure that they're protected. So what is she talking about when she talk about she fear for her daughters being out here and they judge her based on the color of her skin? What about all these people judging white people based on the color of their skin? And when you talk about this critical theory thing that they won't talk in Uh the schools, I also think that that's dangerous. Why do you want black people living in the pains of their ancestors? Do you want white teachers to teach that? And then you have black people get offended, oh, because we don't like the way you said that. Uh 
I, yeah, if you want to know something about your history, how about the Democrats tell us about their history? How they history. didn't want slavery to end. Yeah. How they brought in Jim Crow. How they brought in the KKK yep. to intimidate, manipulate, and to dominate. If you want to teach our children something, teach them how to own businesses That's and right. turn them into corporations. Teach them how to join the 1% instead of staying in the 99%. That's what you can teach our young people. That's right. Diamond Silk, there is more truth from you guys in a minute than 100 years on the fake news. I'm telling you. And I want to show the picture of you in the cabinet room, I believe, with the president of the United States, President Trump. And you had many conversations with him. Um, yeah. I'm curious, did he ever suggest, and if he didn't, I'm going to, that you guys run your social media superstars, and that's great, and you're doing amazing stuff. But I don't know. I mean, there are so many crazy people in politics right now who are working against us. I think you guys can make a real difference. Have you thought about it? Did he mention it, first of all? Did he ever go there? Well, now, listen, I, we don't talk about what we talk about with President 45. Ain't nobody's but, business. But, but let me tell you something. If Diamond and Silk ran for anything, we yeah. will win. But can you see us up there going off on Maxine Waters uh -huh. and all the rest of them for stifling this country yes, and, and running it into the ground? Right It'll there be on the a Senate mess. floor. Yes. Right there on the Senate floor. The, Imagine that. The first thing I would demand is all of them resign That's and retire. Right. Because, listen, they ain't retirement age. It's time for them to go somewhere and sit down. That's right. Well... Uh, we got to make this happen. I don't know if you could run together. Well, Diamond, you'd have to run in one district. Silk, you run next door. Or maybe you both run for senator. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Whatever it takes to save this country, we have to do it. Yeah. I know. I know. And I'm worried. I'm worried now more than ever before. And oh, by the way, I just want to ask you this real quick. You guys are very vocal on Facebook and Twitter and all those platforms. Are you feeling any heat are they coming down on you? Are they trying to say, you can't say that, you can say this, but don't say too much of that, all that stuff, because I'm feeling it and I don't like it. Oh, absolutely, we're yeah. being censored. But you have to understand this, who's running the country. The six corporations that owns about 98% of the media yeah. and these big tech giants, social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Google, these are the people that's running our country. That's right. And it's we, the American people, that allows it to happen. What if we got off all their platforms? That's right. what, if we, what if we didn't look at the left-wing media? That's right. They will have to go somewhere and sit down. And you know what, Greg? It's more of us than them. We have to stand together, because yeah. at the end of the day, our freedoms is what matters. Matters. That's right. All right. Diamond Silk. Hey, before we go, um, you guys are fantastic on politics, the issues, culture, all those kinds of things. I'm curious when uh, you're off, when you log off, when you put the phone down, you turn it up. What do you like to do for fun? Hobbies? I like uh, to go ahead. I like to eat, and I love when my father cooked, yes. and he cooked us some fish the other day, yes. and I went down there and had a plate. So I'm a Southern girl. We Southern girls, and we love to eat, and we love to cook. That's right. Well, I love the South myself. I lived in North Carolina for two years, Mississippi for a couple of years, and uh, the Panhandle and all kinds of things. But you're in Fayetteville right now, and that's a big yeah. military town, right? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes, absolutely. It's a big military town. Shout out to all of our patrons, to all of our military personnel. We love you all. Hey, y'all, we only have one country. This is the land of the free, the home of the brave, not slaves. That's right. We ain't slaves up and through here. Yeah. Let's stick together. Let's stand together. And we have to do it together. No more Democrat or Republican. It's about American first. If you're not pushing an American first agenda, we don't want you in office. We only want to support people and individuals who have American his agenda first in mind. That's right. Period. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Diamond Silk, thank you so much. Folks, check out the show. 
All right, 8.30 p.m. on Saturdays. Diamond and Silk, crystal clear. Great, great stuff. Take care, ladies, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for having us. All right, bye-bye. Be right back. The other side tells the big lie all the time. All the time. So many big lies, so many small lies. One of them, they ignore the fact that the only person killed on January 6th was Trump's supporter, Ashley Babbitt. She was killed. She was shot by a Capitol Hill police officer, as far as we know, because we don't have the identity of that officer. She was unarmed. Her hands were visible. And she was killed. And as far as we also know, because we've seen the tape and we're about to show it to you right now, no warning, no stop, no freeze, no show me your hands. They just shot her. Not one police department in the country, not one in the country would say that that was a justified use of deadly force. Not one. The legislation that the Congress is considering right now, the George Floyd uh, Criminal Justice Reform Act, actually spells out when you can use deadly force. That is not one of the instances. No one's talking about Ashley Babbitt, and it bothers us. We've been mentioning it. We've been talking. We talked to the lawyer. We talked to her widower, husband. Fortunately, Paul Gosar, Republican of Arizona, brought it up today and he got he actually didn't get any answers, but we applaud him for trying. Was Ashley Babbitt armed? Uh, again, Congressman, I mean to be respectful no, uh, of your Rosen, observations, but I just don't Mr. want to Rosen, talk about individual Rosen, situations uh, or reclaiming my time, Mr. Rosen. No, she wasn't. She was wrapped in a U.S. flag. Was the death of Ashley Babbitt a homicide? Uh, uh, Congressman, I'm not trying to be unhelpful here, but I, I just cannot I, I, comment. I understand, but I mean, reclaiming my time, as the death certificate says, it was a homicide. Who executed Ashley Babbitt? And they're not giving him answers. Uh, that's the former acting attorney general uh, that Congressman Gosar is uh, interrogating, questioning. Uh, she was unarmed. Can you imagine that the former attorney general acting doesn't know that? Uh, yes, it was a homicide, and we don't have the name of the person who killed her. A lot of unanswered questions. We'll keep asking them. Thanks for joining us, folks. Stand by for Stinchfield. Thank you. Have a great night. To be continued. Mm -hmm.